0: TV. It, it, she recovered, y'all. She's better.
1: Tuesday. Purple
0: power. And
1: this is all very interconnected. I want to say a prayer for those people. We'll find out more what what happened there today. And I also want to extend that prayer to uh, to the woman, uh, the girl, the 13-year-old girl who was rescued, escaped from her captor from Wisconsin today. That was Jamie Kloss, and <clears throat> she had been abducted by a boy, uh, Jake Patterson, a man, young man who I believe is 20 years old, supposedly killed her parents. This happened in Wisconsin. I believe she was in captivity for 82 days. Managed to escape when they were out and about somewhere and uh, and alert people to her plight and who she was. So please send a prayer for Jamie that she recovered from this horrible time period and uh, send prayers to her please and of course i also want to extend prayers and bring awareness back to the people still surviving the paradise fire Uh, we have um it's come to light recently that at the exact time that the paradise fire was happening we had um california's top power company officials and a dozen legislators okay were all together at an annual retreat at the Fairmont Lani Resort on Maui. And so these people were there trying to figure out how they could pass the buck on the cost of the wildfires to people paying for electricity in California. They had already done so for the 2017 fires where they'd added a 5%, basically, uh, basically a 5% increase on the utility rates in California through PG&E. And they were hoping to do the same. They wanted to pass another, another law. This was happening right as the Paradise Fire occurred, that they were in Maui trying to figure out how they could get California to pass another law that would, would cost, would, you know, would increase the rates again for any um, subsequent fires, okay, as the fire is happening in Paradise. Now, um, this is very, you know, they're trying to claim, oh, pg and of course, PG&E, the, the largest stakeholder in pg and is the Rothschild um, Bankster Cabal, and they're trying to blame it on climate change and development in remote areas, okay, that make wildfires more destructive. Now, we know that climate change is the biggest problems in the states that have adopted the Agenda 21 um, sustainability goals and are pushing that really hard for getting people out of rural areas, trying to um, uh, get ownership of the land to the state, and push this fascist Agenda 21. Uh, So let's please pray. Uh, Basically, they were seeking a bailout comparable to the bank bailout. So let's bail out the um, PG&E. Really, it gets down to the control of the Department of Energy in this country. We'll get into that in later videos, but people need to understand how how much the Department of Energy is linked to the Federal Reserve, and that is the Department of Energy that holds the lien on all of us as human chattel in the, um, the act that passed in 1933 that granted Social Security and made us all chattel to the state. So please send out prayers to all the, you know, they say, oh, 86 people were killed. You watch channels like a APlainTruth.com, uh, the YouTube channel that uh, he does, which is excellent, continuously keeping us alert of what actually is happening. And and I will bring to mind an excellent... Uh, a Plain Truth posted this video, but also Cabin Talk is the one that did this interview recently with the biophysicist um, Harold Kaltz-Vela, who has worked a lot around... Uh, things to do with geoengineering um, alerting people to um, what it's doing to the planet and biosystems worldwide and that they create uh, the climate change through the bioengineering they control the climate uh, basically through chemtrails in the phase array harp systems throughout the planet and he did a great analysis of how they use the phase array technology uh, these harp systems that are placed in multiple places across the planet Of course, um, they have to ionize the sky in order to do this. Um, You can read the excellent book, um, Under an Ionized Sky. Um, I'll put the links below for that uh, to understand how that works. But also, what Harold had to say was that they create, we're using the phase array and the ionized sky. They can create plasma fields, okay, that what happens when they pinpoint these plasma fields that um, it requires metal to do this uh, that anything going through these plasma fields that has metal in it will allow it to ignite okay so he pointed out for instance these people that were were, uh, burned alive in their cars okay besides the remote technology that might have kept them in their cars you also have the fact that Um, that the plasma fields will uh, can be pinpointed to and they're invisible laser technology is invisible so this is we're talking about um uh, we're talking about um weapons here directed energy weapons that hitting that plasma field would absolutely allow would set things up in flames and that's why you're seeing the houses go down with the electric wiring with the metal inside And of course, pinpointing things using the the smart meter technology allowed them to torch all of these houses and then um, uh, leave the trees not affected whatsoever by these so-called wildfires. So um, that's my prayer part, including news, uh, for this segment. But I want to say a few more things about the news. We did have um, Alex Jones uh, lost. What? lost a, uh, lawsuit to do with a, um, S-A-N-D-Y-H-O-O-K, um, uh, parents who...
0: I hope y'all can spell out here.
1: ...sued, sued him over uh. this, um, uh, over trying to say that, that he claimed that what happened there was false, et cetera, et cetera. Now, anybody that's, um, read about that has their opinions but anyway what they're calling for now the
2: kids are still alive they're all alive
1: with this win against alex jones who of course is appealing it, is um is that they're trying to say that what they're asking for in this and this is a this is a this is where this is coming to and why it affects everybody who is concerned about freedom of speech freedom online and freedom to have opinions is that the connecticut court the state superior court, um, and the judge was Barbara Bellis in this in this case, um, is asking Jones to turn over all quote letters, memos, emails, text messages, instant messenger logs, or other electronic communications transmitted over this issue. And but this is the big part here, folks. He must also turn over all business and marketing plans, marketing data web analytics sales analytics and or web traffic on his website infowars this is huge this means that anybody that's visited infowars will be collected in this roundup of online data okay in this um this data collection for of course informational purposes on who are these people that frequent infowars this is absolutely abominable. This is absolutely anti-free speech, anti-privacy. And this is the new wave of lawfare and what they're doing to, um, to attack all of us that are for free speech and uncovering the truth of what's happening with the deep state control over our country and the world. And of course, uh, uh, Jones's lawyer, uh, Jay Woolman, um, did say that uh, they were going to repeal Uh, appeal, but they're saying uh, Infowars are, quote, are not responsible for this tragedy and that uh, his statements are protected speech under the Constitution. And, of course, everybody visiting that site is protected under privacy laws under the Constitution as well, which is why we have to get out there and be part of the solution. And so that's where I'm going to come into this next point, which is if you want to stop Agenda 21 and you want to stop the invasion into data collection of your private uh, 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 everything. Uh, We now have TripAdvisor and Kayak being called out that they've been, um, anybody using TripAdvisor or Kayak is giving all of your data straight to Facebook for data collection. We know that Facebook um, uh, has multiple connections to the Department of Defense and the CIA for data collection. And also, so this week, folks, marks where most people's, can go and get nomination uh, materials from their their cities, their towns, where you can go and be part of the solution to go and get what you need to get um, from your town to get nomination papers to get yourself elected onto your town board so you can become a selectman, a select woman in your town to stop Agenda 21 from coming to your town. And to um, to prevent all of these other criminal um, globalist uh, actions from coming to your town, so these are boards. uh, These are things like constable, uh, uh, select selectmen positions, school committee positions, town moderator. You you might have a housing authority in your city or town, a um, water commissioner, transportation commissioner, and town planning commissioner. Even the library board; these are all such important positions, folks. They need to be people like us getting there and doing these positions. So get out there, get nomination papers. You only need about 25 to 30 or 50 signatures, usually, in in, in most towns, depending on the size of your where you're living, and get yourself nominated and get out there and become one of the people on these um, on these local governments, because this is where it all starts and this is where Agenda 21, these sustainable goal um, globalist fascist um, people are coming in through these big corporations, private public partnerships, to take over the town councils, take over the city councils, and um, implement these globalist UN measures and take over the sovereignty of this country. So get out there. This week is the week that those nomination papers are available, and I want everybody to get out there who can. Now, this is getting longer than I wanted it to go. Uh, I'll say one more thing, which is that I'm hoping people can protest the, um, the sentencing of Martin Gottesfeld. Now, Martin Gottesfeld was the man who hacked into Boston Children's Hospital um, in order to protest the medical kidnapping of Justina Pelletier. Now, she was somebody who had a mitochondrial disease, and back in 2014... Um, she went to the hospital uh, in an emergency situation, and they had Boston Children's Hospital, even though she was previously diagnosed as having very clearly a mitochondrial disorder, um, they decided to re-diagnose her as being a psychiatric case, and they put her into a psychiatric uh, ward, took away her medication, which left her in agony. She had been a, um, a uh, an avid... Uh, ice skater i believe that she was even you know competing and ice skating and they took away her medication and put her in a psych ward where she was in agony for months and months and months took her away from her connecticut family kept her in jail basically in massachusetts in a medical lockdown and was given state the state took rights over her now this is this is state kidnapping of our children so, and basically he protested this by hacking into Boston Children's Hospital during a fundraising event in order to protest this. And now today, or yesterday, we have him sentenced to 10 years. Now this is horrendous, 10 years, okay? And I want people to please contact Governor Charlie Baker in Massachusetts, I am putting the links below, Um, uh, Lieutenant Governor Karen Polito, and you want to, also Senator Elizabeth Warren, you want to contact them and protest this and ask, um, you know, even POTUS, okay, even POTUS, let's get him pardoned because this was an act of trying to save this woman's life, this girl's life. She finally did get back with her parents eventually, went through undue, untold, Uh, pain and suffering and this was all because of what we don't even know what they were trying to do at Boston Children's Medical to deprive her of her medical needs and then strip her parents of their rights in, um, in deciding what was best for their daughter when they'd suddenly decided she had a psychiatric problem instead of a mitochondrial issue and folks... When we look at vaccinations, we look at all what's caused by vaccinations, we know that mitochondrial issues definitely are connected to vaccine um, poisoning. And um, on that note, I will say that there is one other little bit of news here that uh Dr. Matt Martin Gore, of, out of London, he worked for the um, this coming at naturalnews.com. He was a, a, a renowned cancer doctor who had been dispensing radiation and chemotherapy for, for decades to children um, at the Cancer Medicine Medical Institute of Cancer um, in London. And he took a vaccine for yellow fever and died within hours, or it was even—it was within minutes—he died, total organ failure. Okay, and it's interesting because he oversaw the enormous—you um, know—he was a massive big pharma um, stooge, and now he's dead from a yellow fever vaccine. And just very interesting because cancer is one of the biggest pay. Uh, Chemotherapy is one of the biggest pay-for-play uh, industries in big pharma. Uh, doctors uh, that, that sell it to their patients get enormous amounts of kickbacks. You get, make enormous amounts of money off of keeping people on chemotherapy, especially for the long haul. Oh, just keep taking chemotherapy forever until you're dead. One last thing I will say is that Governor DeSantis of Florida did fire Sheriff Scott Israel of Broward County. That's a big yahoo to everybody who knows about that. And I'm not going to get too into it today because I will finally get to some health stuff here, which is that, okay, I got a bug um, the other night and uh, immediately was like, oh, this is a major thing here. I'm getting, this is going to be full bone flu, achy, fever. Uh, the whole nine yards, headache, uh, just everything um, was in pain. And you saw it if you watched my video that night. I got a cough, then all of a sudden it got worse. And so what did I do to to deal with that? Um, well, I, I basically immediately, <laughs> what I immediately did, uh-oh, where is that thing? Oh, did I lose my little thing? Oh, gosh. Oh, it's down here. Hold on. So immediately what I did, and I hope you can see this, is I took this, okay? It's by Boron, the homeop- homeopathic uh, company, and it's called Ocelocosolum, okay? Ocelocosolum. It comes in a bigger package with these same colors, and it works incredibly fast to help to um, to kill a flu virus. Um, excellent stuff I recommend carrying it with you in the case that you get something immediately Um, definitely if you're traveling um, but just keep it in your bedside table um, in case you need it now you don't have to take this whole thing it's filled with little um, pellets you can take just maybe a third of it um, and that's what I did immediately secondly then is um, this is Silver Bullet from um, Infowarsstore.com and I have nothing to do with them. I just like their products because they're priced really well for really high quality. And, uh, and basically, normally I would take silver wings, um, like a 250 parts per million or even a 500 parts per mil- million. And I would take a bunch of that to just really kill anything, um, virus or bacterial. Um, But I didn't have that on hand, but I had this and so I what I did was I drank maybe like um, about a quarter of this bottle immediately I gargled it and drank it and then I did um, uh, I still have like, you know about about a quarter of it left. So over the period of the next two days. I did that um, Periodically, I would just take a sip right out of the bottle and gargle it and drink it down colloidal silver one of the best things you can have in a viral outbreak an infection a bacterial outbreak you can also put it on your hands use it as hand sanitizer so you don't have the chemical stuff and then i immediately took this now this is respiratory defense by gaia herbs they don't make it anymore they took it off the shelf now if they i also will take this sometimes which is um lung tonic okay by herbal medicine okay And I'm going to link all these things below, but this one I can't link below because Gaia stopped producing it. Now, they cited the fact they stopped producing it to be uh, because of um, an over-harvesting of osha root. Now, I find that very suspect uh, because this works better than anything I'd ever taken, okay? Respiratory defense. And it is um, incredible at rooting out um, respiratory infection that's setting in it, it it works really quickly now if i don't know if those who remember but they did the same thing about two decades ago with golden seal now golden seal is an extremely powerful um uh antibiotic as well it just gets in there and just like you know kills <laughs> infections and viruses and they did the same thing oh we're over harvesting it we can't put it in your supplements anymore and of course, to me, I believe this happens through pressure um, from the FDA or wherever, where they're no longer allowed to use things that are potent and really work, or um, it makes it very hard for them to use it because the the uh, it, it, get, they, it gets priced out. Um, all of these things happen behind the scenes where they're trying to get these herbs out of our hands. So if you can grow your own golden seal, grow your own osha root. Um, drink teas of these things. Golden seal tastes horrible. OSHA root tastes not as bad. Um, and it's funny folks, when you really need something, it doesn't taste as bad as it usually would if you didn't need it. And that's always a good um, <laughs> a kind of a good thing to go by. like if something is really good for you and working, it won't taste as horrible as it normally does. So, um, I'm a giant fan. It used to be you'd go buy something for your cold and it would be like Echinacea golden seal, Echinacea golden seal. Now you don't see it anymore. Folks, get some golden seal, have it on hand at your home, keep, get a tincture and have it for emergency, as well as osha root. Osha root will clean out deep, deep lung infection, okay? Oh, Things wow. like bronchitis. That's I mean, crazy. you can hear I still have a little bit of um, throat stuff going on. Um, but it's only been two days. So, you know, osha root is excellent for cleaning out the lungs and doing, uh, for killing respiratory uh, infections. All right, so then the next thing I did immediately was I took some sodium acerbate. Now, sodium acerbate is the type of vitamin C that will, um, that just, again, it's a huge, amazing antioxidant. It's a highly absorbable form of vitamin C that it gets right into the cells immediately Um, you can make a paste and put it on um, uh, sores or infections that you get on your skin Uh, but to take it internally will help with anything anything everything and it's very cheap this is about um, $11 this bottle you can order it online and um, the company is now I highly I, I, I recommend just taking some every day um, to help boost your, your uh, body's um, vitamin C levels. And the sodium acerbate, as, an, as a salt, um, it's just very much, very easier on your stomach, very easy on your digestion. It's not an ascorbic acid. Instead, it's sodium acerbate, so it's a salt instead of an acid. Very, very, very good. That was my number four, okay? And um, the couple other things I did was I tried to get outside in the sunshine and get vitamin D. I also took some um, extra vitamin D. And I also, uh, uh, um, I also did a lot of deep breathing outside to get fresh air into my lungs and oxygen into my lungs. And, the, uh, and I also um, uh, drank a lot of water first thing in the morning and before bed at night. So just a lot of water, tons and tons of water, and I fasted. Okay, so I fasted, um, which was great, gave my digestion a rest to get anything out through the intestines um, that needed to get out. And uh, then when I did eat, I ate only vegetables, lightly steamed, so I had broccoli and carrots mostly. Um, Steamed those and ate them and then fasted the rest of the time. And I want to really uh, recommend people for intermittent fasting. And, and Ken and I are gonna talk about that in the show that we're going to do um, coming up soon. We were trying to do it this weekend, but I really wanted to take tomorrow off, to have one day off. And so um, I missed my opportunity with him the other day, but we are going to talk about intermittent fasting. He's a huge fan. And there, I wanna let people know there's a program starting on Monday. Um, I'm gonna link it below, an online program that's free to teach people about the intermittent fasting um, regime how you can take this on as, a, as an amazing health tool and basically what it is is you 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 fast you eat twice a day you get rid of the three meals a day just eat twice a day not a lot of eating in between giving your body the chance to just uh, get the nutrients it needs without overloading the digestive system and then you give yourself um, about you give your body about it a 16-hour period of not eating and uh, you know this has been world-renowned this practice of intermittent fasting um, it's a huge longevity um, uh, factor and so you basically would want an eight-hour window from about you know 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. would be the times that you eat and um, check it out you can do the rest of your research below um, checking out this thing that starts on Monday for free and also, like I said, I'm going to have Ken on, and he's going to talk about his experience. He's been an avid uh, person doing this, Ken of C60PurplePower.com. And so that does bring me to C60PurplePower.com. Um, and, of course, what keeps me going in general is C60 Purple Power. <laughs> and um, they've been kind enough to um, take on sponsoring the channel... They do the giveaway um, at the end of each month where patrons um, uh, qualify for this giveaway selection where we give away three bottles of C60 every month. Last month we gave away six bottles, which is really fun for the 12 days of Christmas. But what carbon 60 does is, is an antioxidant that stays in your body for 10 days, reconstituting itself, taking out free radicals. It's been shown to have amazing qualities for um, repairing DNA in the sense that uh, it works on an epigenetic level to, um, to stimulate cell, stem cell growth, which is incredible. And this happens because it kills off the, um, the, the, nec- the, necric, the necrotic cells, the cells that are in this state of um, unhealth. And instead of those turning into other bad things like cancer, et cetera, it kills off those cells. It stimulates their dying. And so therefore then new cells can come and they're finding that people that take C60 for a long period of time are finding that they have new stem cell growth. Now that's incredible. And I, and I also find that it really helps your mood, your state of mind, your ability to focus and, um, and just a, a joie de vivre. It brings a joie de vivre. That I think is its most incredible factor. And I think those of you who watch the channel Um, you know, you see that about me, that that is one of the things that I um, try to pass along is, you know, this love and zest for life. Carbon 60 helps with that. And again, folks, um, there's 10% off below a code for all subscribers to the channel and 20% off for patrons plus the giveaway at the end of the month, um, which is exciting. So I'm going to leave it there. Oh, I did want to say one other thing. Um, A friend gave me this great tip too, and I did do this while I was sick. Simple things, herbal teas folks, right? And I also wanted to mention eating spices in your daily life. So yes. putting you know cooking and eating like oregano, rosemary, um, sage, these herbs are all anti um,
0: If you guys see me cooking and cooking with Kyla, you always see me adding the spices and of course when I use Hello Fresh, which they are my unofficial sponsor. Uh, what I really love about the package that they give is that all of that Terms, uh, can help adults with comes under- included and you don't even have to look for it. They always have s- some great spice in there that when you try to do uh, a nice recipe, you have something that, that can work and can give that extra health benefit. Uh, not just uh, not just for taste but for the health benefit as well so I hope you enjoyed uh, that and if you've enjoyed the music uh, that I feature on my channel as I always say you should subscribe to Kyla Powers TV and there's a lot of stuff on there for everyone Uh, all the music that I listen to you can see uh, in my Kyla January list, um, and today's music, uh, has been, uh, two cellos, um, and music, uh, various soloists playing, uh, the theme to, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed that today, Kyla Powers Radio. Kyle Powers Radio. Now we've got an interesting thing going on. Um, I cover the truth or news so that you can get a picture of the truth or narrative. And um, I try to be impartial and I listen to what these people say a lot of times. It's very entertaining. I... I know that a lot of times uh, some people have their own reasons for whatever it is that they say. And when, they, when they're doing hand signs and when they're doing whatever else, I call them out on it. And I have called them out on it. Um, but at a certain point, if it's a part of the narrative, you can't not watch it. And it's funny, some of it, a lot of it. So, uh, I'm not gonna I'm gonna continue to monitor certain voices that are loud, or not loud, but that are, you know, that a lot of people watch, especially the ones that are entertaining, and then I'm gonna talk about it, or just laugh, or whatever. So, um, we have a truther, I don't know if he is, he's a much smaller channel, And he might be trying to steal some fans from William Mount. I think that's what he might be trying to do. Trying to get some, you know, pull a. There was a rap girl that used to do that. Pick fights with people that were actually relevant to get notoriety. Um, That could be what he's doing. I don't know. But one thing that he concedes in his complaint about William Mount is that it's hilarious and it's always entertaining. Uh, to me it is in a very subtle kind of way. I find it funny. Um, and I find it funny that a lot of people believe a lot of things. Um, and I sometimes I just tune in to see how stupid people are. But um, he's it's kind of funny to me Him, his complaint, his rant. I used, I recently did a rant episode where i just like i know there's a lot of people out there that that just must be just fed up with all of it with the fake narratives with fake people with fake everything i mean who out there is not fed up i don't know anybody that's not so uh i'm going to give this guy a chance to you know air his grievances cuz we all should be heard no matter how small our channels are, and he really does look extreme. Uh, if you could see his look, I'm I'm not gonna say. Any, I don't know. I don't. Anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna let him say it. But hopefully, it'll be funny. Let's Many hear what he has to say.
3: Brainwashed people out there watching this guy—he makes no sense whatsoever. He talked about Trump's speech on Tuesday night, <laughs> and he said. Uh, he was speaking from an underground bunker. Again, he uses the <laughs> underground bunker bullshit.
0: Come on. But didn't that make a funny video? Come on, William. Can't you see Trump in a bunker?
3: Underground bunker. <laughs> are you fear-porning, everybody? <laughs> Obviously, you are. It
0: made it a lot more exciting. Like Can you imagine Trump giving an address from an I'm um, I'm here from an underground bunker.
3: Obviously you are, and then you're in your cheesy-ass office, and your <laughs> wife has got the camera on a tripod, and the damn thing, she don't even know how to operate it, because the autofocus oh, goes no. in and out, and in and out, and in and out. You're really paying attention. I, I don't even,
0: I'm, I do film, and I don't even notice that, but
3: I probably like it. <laughs> She's talking. And it's loud and clear because the microphone on the camera is picking up her voice, but you're off in a different-
0: So this guy is, he's mad about the technical, technicalities. Somebody's taking their own time when they're not paid to to tell you some truth. And you're gonna pick on them for their tripod and their wife's uh, cinematographer skills. I can't. It's
3: on that desk and Here's another thing that he does. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Smack them papers around, and look at the dust one.
0: It's just this guy's pet peeves. He's, like, literally complaining. Can you imagine somebody that tunes in to watch somebody every day, and that they don't like the way you shuffle your papers? It's just... I'm in
3: my bunker. I'm in my bunker, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my bunker. I don't want anybody to uh, know where oh, I'm at. And then he talks about Adolf Hitler. Get real, dude. Get real. I am shocked at how many people believe in your bullshit. Oh, God. um, Nobody gives a shit about 5G going around in your neighborhood and everything. Do you know what that shit's going to do to you?
0: I've been talking about 5G. I've been talking about 5G for the longest time. And truthers, MAGA, Cubers... They just don't care. You can try to tell them what this stuff does. They don't want to hear it. They're on the train. If you say anything about the train being stuffy, they want you to get the heck off. They don't want to hear it. They just cannot absorb that there are multiple things going on at once that that do require a response, you know, just before it's too late, but they just don't get it.
3: You know, you ever been to the airport? And uh, TSA makes you go through that old body scanner, and you got to hold up your arms like this, and and then thing zips around, you know what you're getting? You're getting nuked by millimeter 5G radiation. They want to put that up in your neighborhood, people. But no, it's okay, just sit back and watch William Mount, because he's going to tell you the truth of what's going on. Oh,
2: there you And
3: uh, what a clown ass. So I started looking at some of his old videos from last year. And this is before he sat behind his bullshit desk with his mini blinds behind him and his fake old microphone. And look at the wall. He's got a plate on the wall. His wife has got a plate on the wall. And it's a plate that is... We all remember when we were kids, mom came out with the deviled eggs, right? We all, we're all guilty of this.
0: This guy has been taking notes on the interiors of William Mount's house. It is serious. This is serious.
3: And you, you put the deviled egg half slices on this that plate. It was eggs. round and had 12 slots. What are you about? Half moon. and Go and uh, Google about where deviled eggs come from, how it, it came about came about from the Roman Empire. Oh, no. You know what the Romans did to Jesus Christ?
0: Oh, no. Don't yeah,
3: they crucified him. Out. They got rid of Christianity and the real... You
0: see how he connected that all? The Romans, the devil, eggs, and William Mount. I mean, that that, that was really putting it together. Rolling it in. you rolling it in.
3: So, deviled eggs, you <laughs> can take it for what you're worth. I mean, they're delicious. <laughs> But to hang a deviled aid plate on your wall?
0: How dare you? (laughs) Son of a nerve!
3: And then you talk about, God forgive us, God help us. I just don't get it anymore, people. Uh, I'm not doing nothing but telling the truth out there. You
0: better tell it,
3: barium. That's what I do.
0: Barium exposure.
3: (laughs) Expose the truth.
0: Is your name Barry? or you have
3: been exposed to barium. It's a fruit loop. I
0: can't.
3: Every time he turns around, it's Trump under the bunker, the CIA this, or something bad is going on here. I've been all over the world and yada, yada, yada. And uh, (gasps) you're so good that you disabled the comments in your video because you're afraid of barium exposure, me.
0: He knows about, if he didn't know about you, If he didn't know about you before, he knows about you now. (laughs) And he might block your behind.
3: Anyway, you don't like me, Mr. Fathead. Don't you dare call me.
0: Now you're talking about the man's head?
3: Jew, all you trolls out there. Oh, that's
0: racist. Uh,
3: I'm a German, Polish, American. uh, Born and raised here. Okay. And I have the freedom on YouTube, on my channel, to say what I want so god bless everybody and i mean that god bless everybody If you can't find a church to teach
0: he's, he's holding on to his cross he just went off on a rant about somebody who makes free videos for having deviled eggs on their wall and he's holding the cross
3: the word of christ you're not going to the right church if they're out there passing the plate They're passing your soul right along to the devil. William Mount. Come on, man. uh, He looks like he could dress
0: This guy is...
3: Peace out, everybody. Mike, I'm out of (laughs) here. All right, so we're actually going to go
0: in with the William Mount. I'm not going to stop covering him. He's a lot... I want to hear him talk about Trump in the underground bunker. I... I I'm living for the no, I'm just kidding. But the the comedy, you just can't I love it. Cause anybody that can talk like this and be this positive at the end
4: end of the world. of January 2018, welcome. (laughs) Nineteen. Hold on. Welcome to our channel once again. But we have an incredible show. We're not gonna bully or harass anybody, but you are the in We are gonna tell the truth. You are the most important audience in the world because your prayers to keep President Trump safe. And to keep these Luciferians out of our country, Look are about working. Keeping us they are safe. in absolute total keeping panic President mode.
0: Trump They're safe. running
4: around with their heads like chickens with their heads cut off. President Trump's parting words from Syria are, "We're not, we're not fools anymore, boys. We're not going to get taken advantage of." Income falls. They can't pay their debt. The debt is no longer serviceable. Now, what happens when you have a home loan? say, for for $200,000, and you're paying, oh, I don't know, you got an arm at, at you for an unpaid note, even though it's paid. The courts have ruled that it's double jeopardy. Not only is the loan paid off, but the bank can go after you individually. So the insurance is satisfied, and then the bank illegally comes after you. Same with corporate bonds. Same with government bonds. They're all insured. But it's been ruled that the debtors can then illegally go after them. So what happens if you can't pay your debt? What happens to the corporations that can't pay their debt? Shall we say Kmart and Sears? Mm Mm-hmm. Bankruptcy. Now, suppose Sears goes bankrupt and the loans are paid off, but the banks are still holding those loans on the books illegally because they're defaulted loans. So a company like Kmart can't pay it. The loan is paid off by the federal government, but the bank still holds the loan as an asset, even though it's completely defaulted. This is a completely illegal management of the finances, all put forth by the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is a private corporation I believe owned in France, just like the Bureau of Land Management. Everything is a corporation. United States Code 2, the United States is a corporation. It was established as a corporation in 1871. <laughs> The banks claim that $100,000 loan of yours that they're going after you, or the corporate loan for a billion dollars as an asset. A defaulted loan is considered an asset because they're still going after you for it, even though it's gone bankrupt and then paid off. So the banks claim defaulted loans. They sell the defaulted loans on the CLO at a 10 to one ratio. So that trillion or billion dollars is now sold as $10 billion of assets, 10 to 1 margin. Oh, I forget what the CLO stands for. We were looking at it. Colonette Zhang, it's in Wikipedia. Collateralized Loan Obligations, which are loans that a bank could say is defaulted, and they sell them on a 10 to 1 ratio. Okay. So those collateralized loan obligations are then purchased by mutual funds and hedge funds. Go ahead. And retirement. Oh, retirement funds? Yeah, yeah. So a retirement fund buys a certified CLO, which is 10 to 1 on a defaulted loan. So that billion dollar loan becomes 10 billion, purchased by mutual funds and pension funds. Pension. So you've got what was originally a billion dollars defaulted on now equal to about 2,000 billion.
1: Yes, yes, that's why we're,
4: yeah. Do you see? $1 of solid silver debt accelerates to over $2,000 in defaulted debt. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Now, what happened, and everything's working fine as long as the interest rates are near zero, which Trump hinted at. So if he brings the interest rates for homeowners down to 0%, the banks will make a fortune by selling 0% loans. They'll only sell them to Fannie Mae for for 40,000 instead of 90,000, but they'll make some money they'll trip over themselves to get the money. Go ahead, Jane.
1: Well, I was just gonna say that our um, credit is way higher now than it was in 2008.
4: Oh yeah, and there's no magic bullets anymore. No,
1: and there's nothing to, there, there's no cushion.
4: There's no cushion, you can't You can't give the banks another 20 or 40 or 60 trillion dollars because the banks are so loaded with, with the Federal Reserve bonds that the system is Got our $20 trillion in trade up to, what, $650 trillion now? The IMF is exploding. Yeah. And the IMF just figured, we let the corporation go and get rid of the competition. They raise the prices and the little guys get squeezed out. The IMF has finally figured that out after, what, 60 years of full operation? Well,
1: they've been exposed. They didn't. They knew it was. They knew. They knew. They're being exposed, and that's the whole thing. So they're backpedaling.
4: So now they're saying, oh, yeah, we've got it. So I get the newsletter from all these financial institutions. The best one is Jim Williams, really. And then Noble Gold has a lot of updates. Same with Charles Plume. Um, What happens when it comes out? What happens if the Securities and Exchange Commission is exposed? What happens if somebody wants to cash in his bond like me, a $500 million bond with Russia as an ambassador? And what happens when Russia says, no, or we're, we're canceling our $100 billion-dollar debt with the United States and we're buying Chinese Yuans. Well, why don't you pay on the bonds that you had? Because you can't. The central banks will not allow it. Because if they pay on their bonds, it will cause a lot of cash to hit the economy and hyperinflation. So what happens when everybody tries to cash in their bonds? It says, I got this two million dollar bond and I need to survive. It's my retirement. What am I going to do? What happens when... I'll tell you what happens. The same thing that's happening in France. People put on yellow vests. They start wandering the streets and they start pulling their, whatever money they have in the bank out. You have a bank run. Why wait until then? Do it now. If we pulled all our money out of the banks, if everybody in just this city alone tried to, the banks would be closed in an hour. They don't
1: have that much cash. Well, they're talking bailments now at that point.
4: That means At in, number eight, we're talking bail-ins. That means you have $5,000 in the bank and suddenly the bank ceases $2,500. Yep. It says, oh, it's a bail-in because the money in the bank does not belong to you. It belongs to them. In fact, the cash in your pocket does not belong to you. The cash in your pocket says it belongs to the Federal Reserve System, the $1 bill, and the Federal Reserve, fives and above, belong to the Federal Reserve Bank. They don't belong to you. You pay 3.5% interest on this for holding this in your wallet. Every year, you pay these creeps in the Federal Reserve, let's see, a dollar and 50 cents to hold that, you pay 3.5 cents to hold that in your wallet. It does not belong to you, it's a debt note. It's not this, Is money.
0: I don't wanna get on a soapbox, but it's really sad. Um, I don't know how much of this I'm gonna cover. The, this video is called The Real Reason Star Trek 4 Was Canceled and Where Does the Franchise Go? It's just not about the story. It's about whatever kind of social, whatever kind of thing that they want to show you. And it's really sad because we have a whole lot coming up with the Space Force, and with everything else that's going on. Star Trek is completely different from Star Wars or anything else out there. It's just throwing it away.
5: Was a bigger priority. In the garbage. Some even implied Disney's Star Wars has made Star Trek redundant. Not true. None of this is accurate. In this video, we will explore why Star Trek IV was planned and announced. Just how badly Star Trek Beyond flopped at the box office and subsequently derailed those plans. Before we explore what this might mean for the future of Star Trek on film.
0: It just got too weird. And how do you replace...
2: Star Trek movies were made beyond the third. Anton? A new
5: contract would have to be signed. Paramount and production company okay. Bad Robot did not wait until after the release of the third movie, however. They locked down at least the most vital the cast members prior to the third movie commencing production. On June 26th 2015, one year after the release of Star Trek Into Darkness, but one year prior to the release of Star Trek Beyond, the Hollywood Reporter broke the scoop that Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto had indeed signed the option for a fourth Star Trek movie. Their price for doing so was a substantial increase in payment for Star Trek Beyond, which at the time was mere weeks away from beginning production, plus a better deal on the back end. As per the original 2007 contract, Chris Pine was set to be paid $3 million for Star Trek Beyond, but for agreeing to do a fourth Star Trek movie, his Star Trek Beyond paycheck was increased to $6 million. This contract would have stipulated exactly. under their watch, the movie was written, developed, filmed, and made ready for release- in little more than a year and a half, a breakneck pace for a movie such as this. Those kinds of excel acceler- be their biggest of the year was among their biggest flops.
0: Imagination is required. And that's all I'm gonna say. And you have to have people. Anyway, I'm not gonna say it. I don't wanna make anybody mad. It's just really sad. And that's part of sci-fi news right there. had to look at it at some point in time. I was mentioning the secret space program. Let's just get little bits of it here and there. And we'll be almost done for today. Here we go.
6: Uh, He was an eyewitness to the Battle of Los Angeles as a young boy at the age of uh, 14. The uh, craft that was over Los Angeles in 1942 that was parked over Los Angeles for several hours and uh, Ships and uh, artillery uh, uh, batteries fired upon it. They fired every uh, uh, artillery shell, every uh, shell that there was on board the, uh, the uh, uh, boats at uh, Long Beach Harbor. And uh, there were dozens and dozens of smaller craft that came out of the large craft. He said the large craft was one mile in diameter. And he said two of the craft were knocked down that came out of this large mothership. One went in the San Gabriel Mountains, And one of them went into the uh, sea. The one that went into the San Gabriel Mountains was recovered by the Army. The one that went into the sea was uh, recovered by the Navy.
0: Okay, so, um, you know, I haven't fully vetted this channel. I am not subscribed, UAMN TV, but I know that it's kind of, uh, it's been popping up in people's feed because we know that the alien agenda is upon us. But um, in this particular video, it says uh, secret space program whistleblowers claim that we have technology a thousand years ahead of anything that we have seen. And I personally uh, can vouch for that just intuitively. um, It's something that I've known for a very long time. Um, And I think that uh, we might be the generation I think we're definitely going to be the generation to see to see some of this technology, and it might be during the Trump administration.
6: So let's hear some of these whistleblowers, things and to be able to see things at a higher level than any of us could ever see, okay? And you would only have to see something once, and he could commit it to memory and create it. At the age of... Uh, 15, he was brought into the Navy. His father made the Navy agree that he would never see combat, so he never saw combat. He was part of a team where they worked with uh, a Navy admiral and two captains that were um, basically uh, taking information from 33 Germans that were in the German uh, Army and taking information regarding advanced technology that the Germans had. My God, okay. All right. OK. All right, not a problem. Anyway, he was brought into this program, and he worked in San Diego. This is one of the photographs of him with some of the women that he worked with. And you can see you can see the badge that he has here showing his classified designation, OK? Dr. Michael Sala. Is working with, there were supposed to be six books, selected by extraterrestrials was going to be six volumes of Bill Tompkins' career, okay? The first one was released. The uh, second one is in the process of being uh, completed now. Dr. Michael Sala has appealed to the, um, under the Freedom of Information Act, information about Bill Tompkins' background, and he got photographs of Bill Tompkins working at these secret think tanks that Bill Tompkins never thought would be released. They're going to be in the upcoming book that they're working on right now. Um, Bill said they have photographs that I never thought I'd ever see again and were taken 40, 50, 55 years ago. This is uh, a document that uh, Michael Sala was able to get that shows his confidential background in debriefing and supplying information that we're getting, they were getting from these uh, German uh, operatives that were put into packets of information and Bill Tompkins was given the responsibility of taking the Admiral's plane and flying to MIT, to Caltech, to Stanford, to Princeton, to share the packets of information for back engineering for technology, okay?
0: I just wanted to touch on things today. This is a light episode that we're doing right now. I have uh, some interviews by uh Carrie Cassidy of Camelot, coming up and uh and all these people that claim to, talk, uh, to at least talk to people that are in the know really she's the only one that I get a, a vibe from that I'm willing to be open to listening to so uh we'll be that is upcoming um But we know that it's coming up, the whole alien, the whole whatever. We know that there's extraterrestrial life. The point is, is it what we've been sold previously in every sci-fi movie ever? And, you know, let's make sure that the narrative is not false. And uh, we have to stay vigilant so that we don't fall for anything. All right. We got a couple of other things, uh, some comedy left, coming up on Kyla Powers Radio. Kyla Powers for Sci-Fi News. Uh, We are going to see this video, Why Justice League Mortal and other canceled DC movies. I think maybe they're seeing what's going on with uh, Captain Marvel. Maybe they're making some smart decisions.
5: 2005, the I HBO Sam Entourage featured a storyline in which the character of Vincent Chase, played by Aquaman. Adrian Grenier, starred in a film version of Aquaman directed by James Cameron. Some might say, why would they do this knowing that Warner Brothers may actually want to make an Aquaman film in the future? At that time, there was very little chance that an Aquaman film would ever make it to the big screen. The closest the character had ever come to appearing in a movie at that point was a 2006 television pilot for The CW starring Justin Hartley and Lou Diamond Phillips, that was not picked up, which now can be found as a bonus on the oh, wow. 2009 animated feature Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. That. In 2010, an animated film by Bruce Timm never made it into production. Cancelled films are a very common occurrence in the world of cinema since its creation. The reasons can vary from lack of funding, conflict with producers, outside forces, and sometimes the most minute and petty of reasoning. With the ever-soaring popularity of superhero films, it's I've only inevitable in that some of these projects would never see the light a of day. Marvel has had to cancel a few projects over the years from as far back as an Iron Fist movie in the early 2000s to the far more recent loss of The Incredible Hulk 2 and The Inhumans being canceled and reshaped into a TV show. However, when compared to DC, Marvel looks like it's never had to let a film fall by the wayside. DC has had dozens of projects shelved over the years. Some of these films very well may have been major hits beloved by fans, or they could have been reviled and mocked for years to come. We may never know, but we can at the very least explain what they were going to be until, for various reasons, they were cancelled. This is like the what if we we'll talking about Let's the production of five separate DC related films that were never released, what the plots may have been, and the possible reasons they were never destined to make it to the big screen. 1989's Batman was a runaway hit for Warner Brothers, so it was no surprise that a sequel was announced. What was a shock, however, was the film itself. Batman Returns was a significantly darker film with a grotesque penguin, a highly sexualized Catwoman, and a casually murdering Batman. For a short while, Burton was expected to make a third Batman film with rumors that he wanted Robin Williams as the Riddler. He was also interested in the concept of a film revolving around Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, one of the few aspects of Batman Returns that was critically praised at the time. Warner Brothers decided they didn't want Tim Burton directing yet another Batman film and wanted a more family-friendly picture which eventually led them to Joel Schumacher's Batman Forever. WB, however, was interested in Burton's plan for a Catwoman spin-off film, so plans moved forward in June of 1993 with Pfeiffer returning as the titular character. Tim Burton and Batman Returns screenwriter Daniel Waters were also going to return as director and writer respectively. The plot, from what little we know, was going to feature Catwoman suffering from amnesia after the events of Batman Returns. She would wander into a Las Vegas-style city run by male superheroes. She would eventually suit up to save the day when new threats emerged that the heroes could not handle. On June 16, 1995, the script was finished and turned in, but that was also the day Batman Forever was released. The film was a major box office hit and reinforced WB's perception that Batman was more profitable when it was family-friendly. Catwoman was quickly pushed back and eventually put into development hell. Tim Burton quickly left to direct Mars Attacks, so did Pfeiffer and the few others working on the film. Eventually, Ashley Judd was cast as Catwoman, but she left the project when little progress was made. The film as we know it died a quiet death in the late 90s, though the concept of a Catwoman film evidently was not forgotten by WB. They would continue to try and create a Catwoman film, eventually releasing the now infamous Halle Berry film in 2004.
0: There were things about that that I actually liked. Things were wrong. But some things are good we're, we're not as bad as people say and i you know what i could watch that movie again and there's some movies that might have made more money superhero movies and i don't i have no want to i do not want to watch them again i do not
5: okay. in returning to write another batman film so future i am legend writer mark protosevich was brought in Warner Brothers set the release date to be around mid-1999, and along the way, a title was given, Batman Unchained. The plot was to center around Batman fighting his past demons and severing the partnership with Robin. The villains were going to be Scarecrow and Harley Quinn, who was written to be a toy maker who discovers she is the Joker's daughter and demands vengeance for his death. The film's climax was to have Batman thrown into Arkham Asylum and injected with the Scarecrow's fear toxins. This would lead to an elaborate hallucination where Batman is put on trial for all his crimes with every villain from the series being present. Jack Nicholson, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jim Carrey, and Tommy Lee Jones were expected to return. Ultimately, Batman would break free, reconcile with Robin, and defeat the Scarecrow and Harley. The ending was to feature Batman traveling to Bali and entering a cave full of bats without fear. Oh. Nicholas Cage and rapper Coolio were considered for Scarecrow. Singers oh. Courtney oh. Love and Madonna were considered for the role of Harley Quinn. Oh George God. Clooney and Chris O'Donnell were to reprise their roles as Batman and Robin, respectively, though Alicia Silverstone's Batgirl was not expected to return. Oh. The movie was meant to be far darker and more mature than any of Schumacher's Batman films. This was because Batman Unchained was meant to be Schumacher's apology to the hardcore Batman fanbase. Schumacher had always wanted to do a darker Batman film, but WB kept making him do family-friendly pictures because they were more profitable. Ultimately, the entire project came crashing down when Batman and Robin was released on June 20th, 1997. The film was torn apart by critics, but even more importantly, it made $100 million less than Batman Forever. WB quickly developed cold feet, and after much deliberation, canceled Batman Unchained. They instead decided to create a Batman Beyond film and adapt Frank Miller's Batman Year One with director Darren Aronofsky. In the end, both of these potential films fell apart and were never made. Batman Unchained may have never made it to cinemas, but it did influence future Batman material to various degrees. Starring Terry Hatch-
0: I'm sorry, I tried to skip over a commercial. I can't to take these commercials, I really can't. These people are obsessed with being rich at the end of the world.
5: Okay. As Lois Lane and Dean Kane as Superman ran for a total of four seasons. Around that time, DC Comics had a runaway smash hit with the death of a Superman comic storyline, and Warner Brothers wanted to work on creating another Superman film based on it. However, they didn’t want a film to compete with the television series, and because of Superman’s demise in the comic, they also postponed a storyline where Superman married Lois Lane to coincide with their nuptials in the comic. When WB finally wanted to advance on their plans for a new Superman movie, they hired producer John Peters, who was well known as one of the producers on Tim Burton’s Batman films. After producing several films for singer Barbara Streisand, Peters was infamously well known in Hollywood as a straight up bully, someone who would strong arm anyone who disagreed with him. Christopher Nolan went so far as to ban him from the set of Man of Steel, a film Peters produced. Peters eventually hired screenwriter Jonathan Lemkin, who was best known at the time for working on the Fox series 21 Jump Street, for the new film, which was to be titled Superman Reborn. Lemkin's script was to be a loose adaptation of The Death of Superman and feature Clark Kent having severe relationship troubles with Lois Lane. Doomsday would eventually emerge, fight Superman, and he would die and eventually be reborn as Clark and Lois' son. When shown the script, Warner Brothers was evidently unimpressed, so Peters hired Gregory Poirier to rewrite the script. WB was quite pleased with Poirier's script, but still hired Clerks director Kevin Smith in order to do some rewrites. Smith thought very little of Poirier's script and believed it was highly disrespectful to the Superman mythos. He described the film as Superman being full of angst for not being able to save everyone in the world, and even a bit campy in certain spots. Smith's first meeting with John Peters reportedly went well, but he was shocked at how little he thought of Tim Burton during the making of Batman. He apparently told Smith, quote, You know the reason that Batman worked? You know that alleyway scene where he's fighting those sword-bearing guys and they're attacking him? Those guys are real swordsmen. That's why that movie made like $300 million. End quote. Smith pitched his story outline in 1996 and was allowed to write an entirely new screenplay under specific conditions. These conditions included Superman not being able to fly due to Peters believing he looked like an overgrown boy scout and Brainiac fighting a polar bear in the Fortress of Solitude. Peters also demanded Superman fight a giant spider in the film's third act. Smith reluctantly accepted and quickly realized he had just been hired to create a preordained idea. Because of the recent 20th anniversary release of the Star Wars trilogy, Peters once again made more demands for Smith. He now wanted a pet space dog for Lex Luthor purely for merchandising reasons. Smith at some point was told by Peters in no uncertain terms that merchandising came before his script, a situation similar to Batman and Robin. Peters now also wanted Chasing Amy actor Dwight Ewell to play Brainiac's robot assistant Elrond because he wanted a gay R2-D2 with attitude. Smith's script, now titled Superman Lives, was to center on Brainiac, sending Doomsday to Earth to kill Superman. His plan was also to block out Earth's yellow sun, C. Montgomery style, the source of Superman's power. Brainiac would later team up with Lex Luthor and kill Superman, only to be resurrected by a robot called the Eradicator. Brainiac then wishes to steal the Eradicator, but Superman later regains his strength and defeats all his enemies. Smith's cast would have included Ben Affleck as Superman and Linda Fiorentino as Lois Lane. Frequent Smith collaborators were also to appear, those being Jason Lee as Brainiac, Jason Mewes as Jimmy Olsen, and Michael Rooker as Lex Luthor. Robert Rodriguez was offered the chance to direct, but turned it down to work on the faculty instead. Smith originally asked for Tim Burton to direct, but at first he said no. He later said yes, agreeing to sign a $5 million pay-or-play contract. Burton brought in Cape Fear and Doom screenwriter Wesley Strick to rewrite Smith's script. Strick wasn't too impressed with Smith's script and made various changes to fit Tim Burton's vision. This included taking out the plan to block the sun and making Superman more of an existentialist. He also planned to merge Brainiac and Lex Luthor into one character named Lexiac. Smith left production not long after Strick's arrival. After Smith left, a myriad of actors' names were thrown out to play various characters. Christopher Walken, Jim Carrey, Tim Allen, and Gary Oldman were approached to play Brainiac. Sandra Bullock, Courtney Cox and Julianne Moore were all approached for Lois Lane, and Kevin Spacey was rumored for either Brainiac or Lex Luthor. Additionally, Chris Rock was meant to play Jimmy Olsen, and Michael Keaton was confirmed to be in the movie, possibly playing Batman in a cameo. Most famously, Nicolas Cage was chosen to play Superman himself, likely because of his recent Oscar win in Leaving Las Vegas. Cage signed a $20 million pay-or-play contract and firmly believed he could reconceive the character. John Peters agreed, saying Cage could, quote, convince audiences he came from outer space. In the summer of 1997, pre-production began with the studio aiming at early 1998 to start filming. Burton selected Pittsburgh to stand in for Metropolis, all the while the start of filming kept getting pushed back. Parts of the set were completed and Cage got as far as a costume fitting. WB eventually wanted them to change the title back to Superman Reborn and had quite a few issues with strict script. The studio thought it was far too expensive to shoot, so they hired Dan Gilroy, brother of Rogue One writer Tony Gilroy, to make some adjustments. Gilroy managed to bring down the budget from 190 million to $100 million. However, this still wasn't enough for WB to fast track production, mainly due to financial difficulties with other film properties at the time. In the end, Warner Brothers put the film on hold in April of 1998, quickly causing Burton to leave in order to direct his Planet of the Apes remake. After what had been years in development, Warner Brothers had wasted $30 million on a production that still hadn't gone anywhere. Burton was quoted as saying, "'I basically wasted a year. A year is a long time to be working with somebody that you really don't want to be working with. In September of 1998, comic book artist Alex Ford had a script of his accepted at WB, but he quickly left after being told, much like Smith, how much more important merchandising was than his writing. With Gilroy's script still in use, John Peters went around Hollywood trying to find a director for the movie. At various points, he approached Michael Bay, Shakar Kapoor, and Martin Campbell, who all turned him down. In June of 1999, Terminator 2 and Judge Dread writer William Wisher Jr. was asked to write yet another draft of the script. A year later, after little progress, Nicolas Cage dropped out. Wisher finished his script in August of 2000, with many claiming it had contained a lot of similarities to the 1999 classic movie The Matrix. At some point, Oliver Stone was asked to direct, but he also turned it down. Peters, in a last-ditch effort, asked Will Smith to play Superman, but he declined. The entire project was canceled not long after, never to be revived. John Peters would later go on to produce nearly every Superman film up to Man of Steel, along the way failing to create a Superman film written by J.J. Abrams titled Superman Flyby. In late 2016, efforts were made to turn the original Kevin Smith script into an animated movie. These attempts also sadly failed. An interesting side note to this story is that in 1999, John Peters produced the film The Wild Wild West, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld and starring Will Smith and Kevin Kline. Oddly enough, in the film's third act, whether by coincidence or by design, Smith and Kline face off in battle against a giant mechanical spider.
1: We are not the ATL, we are the ALA. Something people don't want
0: to be flexible on, it's like... They want to see their vision made, and you know what? There are ways of appeasing people that are inflexible about wanting to see certain things manifested, but they have to be, they need to understand that it doesn't necessarily have to be done with the property that they think they want it applied on, and you have to be able to show them something else where what their idea can be executed, but an, another story told. And work story. was
5: in progress on a reboot of Superman. WB was starting to think of other DC comic characters to bring to the big screen. And the consensus was Green Lantern needed a movie. They first asked Kevin Smith, who had just finished a draft of Superman Lives, but he turned it down due to having little interest in the character. Quentin Tarantino at one point was even asked to write a script for Green Lantern. By 2004, Warner Brothers had settled upon Robert Smigel, creator of Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, to adapt Green Lantern into a motion picture. Warner Brothers wanted the film to be an action comedy, possibly even R-rated, which was something Smigel agreed with. Smigel asked his personal friend, actor-musician Jack Black, to play Green Lantern. At first, Black said no, but after reading Smigel's hastily prepared script, he agreed to play the part. Black went so far as to personally submit a short list of directors for the film. Unfortunately, those who were named on the list remain unknown. The film was to be very comedic in style, in some ways similar to Deadpool. In this version of the film, comic books were readily available. So Black and a comic geek sidekick would make constant references and fourth wall breaking jokes such as quoting famous superhero phrases. The plot was to be a very loose adaptation of the Emerald Dawn storyline. Black would play a new character named Judd Plato, a reality star who eats extreme food such as dead animal carcasses. He's described as a talentless loser whose only ambition is to have sex with his boss, a woman named Corinne. The lantern power ring mistakes him for a brave warrior and attaches itself to Plato. The Green Lantern Corps would then be summoned and attempt to teach Plato about his role in the universe. They would teach him by summoning a group of Muppet-style characters
0: And this is where we take a moment to
5: praise God's grace. To explain his duties in musical form. Plato would also create an improvised theme song that he would sing at various points in the film. After a few scenes where Plato used his powers, one of which he would trap looters in a giant condom, the villain Legion was to appear and attempt (laughs) to destroy the earth. At the same time, Plato had to fight a rogue Green Lantern Corps member, Sinestro. Sinestro wanted to police the universe through surveillance and intimidation. A clear commentary at the time on the George W. Bush administration and the Patriot Act. Plato would defeat Sinestro just as Legion was beginning to destroy the world. Legion's plan was to push a massive yellow asteroid in the shape of the Pokemon character Pikachu towards the planet. Plato would save the day by creating a green Superman to reenact the ending of Richard Donner's 1978 film Superman the movie. It took fans very little time to learn about the film and its tone. They were outraged almost immediately and Warner Brothers quickly took note. The studio personally asked Smigel, what if it's not Green Lantern? What if it's very similar, but you change it and make it a fictional superhero so we can make it a straight comedy? Smigel quickly caught on that WB was-
0: No, no, don't do this. Why are they doing this?
5: To us? Harry Allen's Flash, who is depicted as a joking everyman alongside his friend Wally West. Later in the film, Martian Manhunter is viciously attacked by an unknown force. Each member of the Justice League tries to help, but is quickly subdued by nanotechnology that exploits everyone's weakness. It is later revealed that.
0: I can't! I can't do this! I can't do this anymore! keep doing Kevin Kevin's (laughs) facialist because now I know why he stares like that not Kevin Spacey I mean uh, the other Kevin oh my god I can't I just can't I'm gonna pray for comic book characters (laughs) and movies I just can't I can't do it I can't! I, can't I cannot. Oh, God. I, can't I, can't I just can't do it. Okay, so this is a reaction to my ex sending me a song. you got my heart. I okay. can't let you keep it, baby <laughs> Cause I won't be sure that I can stay. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Skip it all together. <laughs> Don't waste your time I trying to pull me in. I won't. Cause I'm just a mess you don't want to fix. Oh no. Just uh, promise me one thing before you forget. What? But for now, kiss me softly before I say. What? Don't be
2: fool. What? Wait on me,
0: I, I... I... He didn't get the memo that I'm not waiting. Oh, no. You didn't know? No, honey. Actually, I'm not waiting. I'm waiting on you to, you know, level up. But, uh, anything beyond that
7: you can feel
0: confident I that I am not waiting on you to, uh, be a love interest, uh, no, I'm, I'm not, not waiting, waiting for you anymore, anymore. <laughs> I don't care what have been. there we go, Chris took the words right out of my mouth, i
2: not waiting for you
0: anymore. Animal. My love just can't wait. Oh no. It's in my heart. Stay Find some other water hole. I, I know my love can win. So I'm Ooh, not waiting for you. It just ended up being well, an incidental episode. Dinner? Great. Just great. Good. You know, I think even Mama enjoyed it. Do you think my pot roast might have been the teensiest bit dry, though? No,
4: it's fine. Just right.
0: You know, Ed, I think Mama's been getting a lot mellower lately. I mean, ain't this been a pleasant evening so far?
8: Sure has. Mm -hmm. I thought for sure she'd say something, though, about that dry pot roast.
2: What? Oh, Mama!
8: (laughs) Well, I was just saying, uh, what a pleasant visit it's been this time around. This time around?
0: Mama, (laughs) did you get the boys to bed okay? Oh, those two are just precious, you know?
1: (laughs) Say and play a little parlor game. What? Hey, you remember Sorry? You remember how we used to sit for hours and play Sorry? Oh,
0: uh, why don't we do that? Thank you, Eunice. I think I'll just sit here and stay out of everybody's way, try to find something to read. I can find anything worth reading, <laughs> Liz gives Jackie Black Eye in feud over Latin Lover. Oh, wait, is this. Are you using the episode to say Sorry? Know, say it say it with a way that i can send it in you know gift cards or you know cameras or send it in a care package or something like that send it so i can really make an impact because i don't i'm not feeling it yet baby you gotta make it you gotta put a little more intensity behind it i don't believe you sending song. who care about no song Send me a check, PayPal. My color powers, PayPal dot me. You got it. I'm also on Patreon. You can find me on Patreon. Yeah, go ahead, do it. And then, then, yeah, yeah, save a trip. I didn't know Larry King was still on. Can he still be alive? If Ruth Bader, no God, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is dead. I don't know if she's dead or alive, but I just feel like. They have to be alive at the same time, right? I don't know. I'm ready for some laughter.
7: How about you? On Larry King now,
8: funny man, Cat Williams. First, Larry, I'd be remiss if I didn't say what a okay. great pleasure this is to be with you. For a lifetime, you've been an exposer of substance.
0: If only you could see Larry King's face
8: and um, my life was not gonna be complete until I got to your table. I'm a die-hard comedy supporter. I take seriously the fact that comedy is the bastion of Hollywood, that if it were not for our genre, that it could not exist. It brings so much joy to the world. In order to be involved in the things these people are allegedly or actually involved in, It means you have to have a lot of cojones. You have to be willing to do things that most of us would go, you don't do that. It's not a big deal to ride in on a horse named Sassy as a pedophile. Plus, secret talent. What? Clairvoyant.
7: You're clairvoyant? Yes. Oh, no. Psyched? Yes. All next on Larry King Now.
0: Oh, I didn't see that one coming.
7: Welcome to Larry King. Now, our guest is Cat Williams, stand-up comedian, actor, rapper, singer. Cat's comedy specials have sold out arenas across the globe, and he's been featured on networks like BET and HBO. Oh, oh no. On me. the big screen, we've seen him in films like Friday, After Next, Norbit, and First Sunday, just to name a few. Cat is- I never
0: did a soul plane. Wow.
7: Currently, in the middle of his new stand-up comedy tour called the Great American Tour, a version of which will be coming to Netflix on January sixteenth, twenty eighteen. Wow, he is also set go. to star alongside Ed Helms and Owen Wilson in Father Figures. That much-awaited film is due out December twenty-second of this year. I
8: Cap- substance and um, my life was not going to be complete until I. Got to your table because I've spent so long trusting your opinion of people and things and situations. So, oh, thank you. I'm honored. I have to start with that. Um, as far as the Great America Tour goes, this had to be written last year. And the tour prior to that was Conspiracy Theory. So, we put out some things in that tour that we thought might happen. And this tour is just a reminder that uh, no, no matter what America goes through, that's part of what makes us great. It's not... Um, so it's very topical. I try to be, if possible. You write the whole thing out, mm-hmm. it's no ad-libbing? That's not true. I, I write it out and then it's a constant race on the 100-city tour to get it as sharp as it can possibly be before we put it out to the masses. Is the Trump administration Easy fodder for comedians. Not easier fodder. More, but not easier. A- as comedians, we like things to be on the fringes. And this is not a fringe conversation. This head. is a very mainstream conversation. And so it. In no other uh, words, it's a parody of itself. Indeed. Indeed. So and what do you parody when he's a parody? There you go. And because. He understands the rules of engagement. That's why he involved himself, and that's why he was sure he would win. If you build yourself on a philosophy that most people are stupid and then you win, (laughs) it's not a lot of win in that. In your act, do you run into many Trump supporters? I don't feel a different way about a Trump supporter than I do a Clinton supporter they all
0: buy tickets We're
8: all Americans. There are justifiable reasons why people voted for the guy they voted for. and there are justifiable reasons for why they didn't vote the other way. And when we continue to not address what people's genuine concerns are because of how they look or what we have already preconceived about them, then we lose as a nation. Go ahead. Do you sing in your act? Never. no. But you are a singer and a rapper, too, right? Well, you are the things you try. It's just what oh, no. modicum of success you're having. Uh, but stand-up is the lifeblood, and so I don't I don't mix it. anything with it. Would you say it,
7: it was unbelievable history the other night when a white man elected... What, do they
0: think we all sing and do comedy?
7: ...in Alabama on the Democratic ticket in his victory speech... Quoted Martin
8: Luther King, Jr. Martin Luther King. Nope. In order to be involved in the things these people are allegedly or actually involved in, it means you have to have a lot of cojones. Uh-oh. You have to be willing to do things that most of us would go, you don't do that. That's
0: what they're doing with the cojones and other people's cojones.
8: And so because they lack that filter... It's not a big deal to ride in on a horse named Sassy as what? a pedophile. But he lost. Yes. yes. And the winner quoted Martin Luther King. Yes, but understand, there's, this is not a right side, wrong side situation. This guy being ridiculously wrong does not make the other guy more right. So how did you look at the election? Um, like a great American. We are America no matter who the president has been. Were there good things about the guy? Yeah. Reagan, Clinton, Bush, these these were not bums. These guys tried as hard as they could, and, and each of them had a different plan and a way they were going to attack things. But we are not our country. Our country is us. So whoever the president is, that directly affects us, and yet it does not. We're a great country because of the people involved. So we
7: rise above it, no matter who is president? Naturally. Except we're affected
8: by who is president. Absolutely. But we have to address why. And until we address why and keep trying to act like a portion of our rural population has a different thought process than the urban one, no, these are not the case. But they don't know that because they're never there in real life. Has your comedy changed over the years? Uh, yes, sir. The um, worse my personal life is, the better my stand-up career is. Because you've had some <laughs> trouble in your personal life. Well, you know, uh, it, it's not all been pleasant, but the effect on my product has not been adverse, so, I, so I've learned words, as much if from you've the you've had lawsuit. a
7: run-in with them and were arrested or something. right? And you're on stage the next night. Yeah. That makes the next
8: night better? Um no, it's it's that I I'm an experimental person, and so a lot of times, in order for me to present the case, I had to do a real-life experiment. My experiment found that wherever I was, I was always the guilty party, no matter what, uh-huh. and nothing happens. But
0: is that because you're just black, or because <laughs> is
8: it your fault? Anybody, as soon as we remove me from the situation, the situation is better. Oh, no. And so that was something I was trying to present on behalf of black people and i got lost in my own experiment and fell victim to it but these are the hassles next we're going to take a look at cat williams
7: incredible career including how he got started in the comedy business
0: yeah right after this break hold up we tried to skip the commercials you know how
8: I believe uh, standup will always be number one just because um, it, it cuts out the least amount of variables. It's really just the conversation between myself and the fan base with nothing in between. So I, I, I value that, but um, I, I am in love with uh, television and film as well. Were you a funny kid? Not that I remember. Um, my father was hilarious. I had a funny family.
0: If you have a funny parent, they tell their jokes first, and, you know, you're just like an afterthought.
8: I just loved funny. I didn't ever remember anybody saying that that was a career choice for me or I had that potential. You grew up in Cincinnati? Uh, I was born in Cincinnati, but primarily raised in Dayton. Ohio? Ohio. Mm -hmm. You remember your first stand-up? Oh, yes, vividly. I um where was it? It was uh in a place called Ruskin, Florida and I was out with some friends who were older than me and um they decided they were going to a club afterwards. And um, I'm the youngest in the group, everybody's of age twenty one or over, and I'm not. I'm sixteen, nobody knows that. I'm already away from home. This is uh a, a big deal we're in line and I'm realizing I'm going to get here not have the ID and have to answer for this with my group and then people are going past the line and they're not standing in line they're telling this guy I'm a comedian and they're getting right in so I join that line to be told okay you're number 5 that doesn't mean anything to me. I get in the club and I find out this is a comedy competition, and I am comedian number five, <laughs> and you have to do five minutes. And so I got up and I just talked about being the only um, black guy in a white town and what that was like for five minutes. And Did I won- That
0: really happened to you? Oh no. But imagine if Cat Williams is the only black guy in your town.
8: Won twenty-five dollars, and I remember thinking I was pretty good at that. Uh-huh. That it doesn't pay anything. And I didn't do it again for six years. <laughs> why he, He's the only
0: one that got a joke. That's so all right. It's true. Your
7: new film, Father Figures, is getting solid reviews. You play a hitchhiker? Yes. Is it a funny movie?
8: Hilarious. The cast is got it, Ed, Ed Helms? Helms and Owen. I
0: gotta look it
8: up. It's rare when everything lines up. for Important things. But I, um, I'm a die-hard comedy supporter. I, I, I take seriously the fact that comedy is the bastion of Hollywood, that if it were not for our genre, that it could not exist. It brings so much joy to That's the so world. True. It is not to be viewed as a stepping stone. So I, I'd like to stay in comedy until I finally feel like I'm always doing a great job. Excellent. It's not a court.
7: We'd appreciate your answers. Excellent. Who was your childhood celebrity crush? Tim Fields. Secret talent? Clairvoyant. You're clairvoyant? Yes, sir. Psychic? Yes, sir. Ooh. Person you'd trade places with for a day? That I would trade places yeah.
8: with for a day? No one. No one. Weirdest job you ever had? um doing missionary work uh in haiti i was able to go to villages and teach mothers that if they would put salt in their water their children wouldn't die from diarrhea oh, and so God. i spent uh, a year and a half in haiti um wow saving babies lives, working for who working for the good cause larry i mean the- that was a job that someone paid yeah, you? No, no, this was a... Um, volunteer. This was a volunteer for a nonprofit. Guilty pleasure? Uh, silence and, and the love of a Nobody good knew
2: that.
8: Biggest risk you ever
7: took? Adopting children. You? How many have you adopted?
8: Uh, six. Wow. Six?
0: Wow. There's a lot of fathers trying to run away from their children. This man is getting extra children. A black man trying to get extra children. Take care of them.
7: What you ever got?
0: Applause.
7: Um, you're good enough. What never fails to make you laugh? Ah. People smiling. Oh. Worst piece of advice you ever got? Don't ever change. Huh. Huh. <laughs> Something you wish you were better at. Dealing with liars. Uh. Best perk of being a celebrity. <clears throat> no perk to be come I can't
0: think of one. Wow.
7: You get online to the nightclub, you're gonna perform. You're gonna go in first. Yeah, none of that's because of celebrity, as you know, Mr. (laughs) King.
0: Oh, God. Who would you
7: like to be stranded on a desert island with? (laughs) An excellent swimmer. (laughs) 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 That's the best
8: I've heard yet. (laughs)
2: Thank
8: you. Strangest fan encounter. I met a fan, and she explained to me very definitively that she was my biggest fan and I explained to her that couldn't be the case I've slept with most of my biggest fans oh she <laughs> wouldn't everything I said she was like no it's really me and then she reveals her leg and she has a life size it's almost a tattoo of me that she oh, has on her who leg. Did that? and um, I then conceded that she was my biggest fan did you take it any further no out of respect <laughs> for her and myself
0: and she was probably crazy
7: Something you long believed to be true, but realize wasn't
8: Um, Well as one of the uh, main opponents of the Illuminati I always wanted to know what information they had that we didn't and I, I found out I Was always wondering how our God could have been so thrown off by a story of a tree and fruit and then I found out that that's not the case at all. Adam was God's son, which means Eve was his daughter. And if they have sex, that ruins everything. And that's what happened. Oh. And that's a piece right there. Excellent. Oh,
0: we're gonna have to we're gonna have to press rewind on that. What the? Okay, we're gonna have to rewind that back with Cat Williams and see where he's going with that. Talking about the garden. This man must be doing some advanced Bible study. Let's go back in.
8: I found out that that's not the case at all. Adam was God's son, which means Eve was his daughter. And if they have sex, that ruins everything.
0: What? That's what happened.
8: And that's a piece right there.
7: Excellent observation.
0: He's saying it's incest. Whoever thought of it, like, see, that's the job of a comedian, to make you think of something different, to make you see something differently. I see tell me it.
7: something we don't know about you.
0: Just tell us Secretly something we don't know Secretly, I'm
7: six foot one. Uh...
8: <laughs> <laughs> All right, where on the tour are you now? Um, finishing. Just, um, just uh, officially wrapping up uh, with the special, getting ready to go to uh the next tour and then just filmed uh a movie called two minutes of fame and a, a, a movie called um uh, meet the blacks too so two minute, two comedies coming Th- yes sir three in a row.
7: and the, the the special is on uh netflix netflix mm-hmm. whoa yeah on january 16th in our final moments cattle answer your questions from social media don't click away on this edition of Larry King Now.
0: All right, we got a commercial. We can make it through the commercial break. We'll be back. Hold on, just a second, Kyle Powers Radio. I might, I might as well do an impromptu commercial. If you haven't tried Hello Fresh, you need to freshen up your dining experience with it they give you everything you need you just need a protein here we're back with larry King and Cat Cat as
7: january,
0: 16th. january 30th,
7: 16th opens december 22nd he's got a lot on his platter we have a couple of social media questions for you istivan arvai on facebook do you feel like Growing Pains accurately reflects the nature of some of the flashier troubles you've had in your personal or public life?
8: <laughs> Even if the answer was no, I would say yes. This is a brilliant question from a brilliant person. So does it reflect?
7: I will say yes. Yes. Corey Anderson on the Larry King-Nauberg, is there any comedian
8: you would say your style of comic mimics? I... I certainly hope not. Um, a lot, most of the great comedians were great comedians before I started, and I, I really wanted to make sure that I wasn't a carbon copy of anybody else, even if that meant I wouldn't be as successful. So I, I hope I'm an original.
7: When uh, you uh, look at other stand-up comics who came before you, who stands out? Who do you say, wow, all of them. I'm. I'm really in awe.
8: Talking I, about Richard Pryor, Bill Cosby, we Alan are, King. We're talking about those, and yet we're also talking about uh, Mitch Hedberg and Dave Chappelle and, and Martin Lawrence, and we're talking about uh, a lot of comics. Richard Jenny and to, I, I didn't have a. I wanted to see who was the greatest, and I wanted to soak that in. And so I I was honored to be able to come behind those guys. Corey also asks,
7: what do you do when you don't get a laugh?
8: (laughs) Uh, Well, it's difficult as a clairvoyant, but uh, (laughs) I, I, I don't put myself out there to be all things to all people, so I don't assume that everything I think funny other people will think is funny, but I'm always, after more than one laugh, I'm in a comedy conversation, so. Do you I, ever I have, have off nights? Uh, Yes, sir, all the time. And the job is to be um, as funny on those nights. And that's a struggle, isn't it? Oh, it's always, yeah, always. Gotta drive you a little
7: nuts.
2: Mm, not worked, if that's last, where
7: you were. If it worked last night, right.
8: you gotta to say to yourself, why isn't it working tonight? Ah uh, Yes, but the true answer is you're not who you were last night. Exactly. you better try to get closer to where you were last night. And so. once you figure that out, remember, those are not the people from last night. So
7: it's you. Always. Always. Melanie Swift on the Larry King Now Block.
8: That's who is your advice. dream co-star? Um, on the male side, uh, Denzel Washington. And on the other side, uh, Dame Judy Dench. Wow and
7: uh, Peter Roberts on Facebook your favorite way to relax at home I like
8: to read a book in the in the hot tub where is home um, I, I have a hat in uh, California and a hat in Georgia
7: Georgia where in Georgia Atlanta and in LA uh,
8: right here in good old Malibu
7: Malibu mm mm-hmm. You're traveling a lot, right? Yes. Sir. Are you? You're always on an airplane. Yes. Sir.
8: Do you get used to that. No. No. It's it's an unnatural thing. The air is unnatural. That many people on a trip is unnatural. But... Strange to be flying, ain't it? Yeah, it is. But it's great. It's great. That's it's it's the best way of getting there, and uh, it's its own separate environment. You just have to deal with it. Except for turbulence. Except for turbulence. That's a killer. Cat, thank you, man. Thank
7: you. A big thanks to my guest, Kat Williams. Be sure to see him in Father Figures. It's out December 22nd as well as his Netflix comedy special. And that's my first segment.
0: Of uh comedy news. I think we're gonna be doing that one a lot more often. You know what it's rough times guys. It's, it's rough times. At least we're covered by grace. And at least we can laugh about it. That that's that's what my show is here to do. Kyla Powers Radio. We can laugh at the crazy. Even if it's our so crazy O Cortez, we can laugh.